Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Cliffcentral.com. We made it. It's Wednesday and it's quarter past 12 and you are on Womanla. Thanks for joining us. And I am so excited today. So excited because I've got Ingrid and we've been talking about La Fleur, who's a curator, a global tra- globe trotter, an artist and a native from Detroit. Ingrid, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I need you to, to say your name again. Ingrid Lafleur. Ingrid Lafleur. So Ingrid, <laughs> Ingrid is curating a show that opens tomorrow at the Goethe Institute called mm-hmm. Paradise Grows There, which is part of a bigger project called Afro... Afrotopia. Afrotopia. Yes. Tell me about that. Uh, Afrotopia, I started about two... Years ago, I was thinking about the international arts movement Afrofuturism, um, which basically looks at black identity, black history, using speculative modalities like surrealism, science fiction, and magical realism, and horror even. And artists love to mix in um, new advancements in technology and genetics and so on and so forth. And it's a way of kind of reimagining black people in the future. And being from Detroit, Michigan, that's 87% black, I thought it would be a perfect marriage um, for both Afrofuturism and the city. Uh, so I basically use Afrofuturism as a way to help re- helping youth reimagine their future. You can call us on the show, give us your views, Call in, ask Ingrid a question, or tell us what you think about art. This is one of the things to do in Joburg when you're cold. (laughs) This weekend, if you were thinking of staying in, but you're not that kind of person, you can go down to the Goethe Institute, which is on Jansmans Avenue, and you can check it out. So when I called, when I first read about about the, the exhibition, and I called and I said, I'd love to talk to the curator. And they said, well, the artist is in the country, and... For the first time ever in my mind, I was like, what's the difference? Well, the artists are not in the country. The curator, <laughs> me, I'm in the country. So, yes, I always get that all the time. As a curator, I organize the exhibition. So I um, really think about themes and marry that with the artists and their artwork. I choose the work. And and I was really excited um, about the Guts Institute having an open call I thought it was a perfect opportunity to bring Detroit artists to Johannesburg. There's so many similarities between Detroit and Johannesburg. It's a good way to start the conversation. I was going to ask you why Joburg. Yes. Uh, so I know that uh, <laughs> Detroit has been in the news quite often, even more. So more recently, um, we're going through quite a bit of challenges. So... Probably the the central point of it all is urban renewal. We've lost majority of our population. We have a very large land mass, and we have vacant land the size of Manhattan. So we're leading in urban farming. Um, There's a lot of new development going on. There's a lot of businesses growing. We're always trying to figure out how to support each other. Um, but we were definitely affected by uh, racial tensions that had happened, um, social justice movements that have been created out of that have really altered the state of the city for a number of years now. And from what I know about Johannesburg's um, 
history around this exact same time that um, majority of people left the city center of Detroit, the same thing happened in Johannesburg, which is around the 70s. Um, and industries and businesses moved out of the city center as well. And, um, and that helped to kind of, you know, kind of put stagnate the, the city yeah. center. And that's what happened with Detroit at the, at the exact same time, actually. Um, and then also we both have a love for house music. I love Johannesburg for that. <laughs> I do. We love house music. No. In fact, I was going to ask that to find us, to find us that, that house song. Do you know that song? 1960. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I go crazy over that song. Detroiters love house music, you know, and um, they love to say that we gave birth to house music, but we definitely are house heads. And I'm constantly letting my friends and family know, like, you need to come to Johannesburg. Like, every bar, taxi ride, everywhere, there's beautiful house music playing at all times. And then a different kind as well, you know, hearing some of the Zulu rhythms. It just makes you, ah, oh, dance. <laughs> Have you dance. been out dancing yet? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> You're like, who's this American girl? She can't dance. And then I show him, huh? <laughs> Good for you. You know, when when we were talking earlier and we, we were talking about the city and the similarities between Johannesburg and Detroit, like when I think Detroit, I think Motown, right? So yeah. I think music, definitely. I think house music, definitely. Yeah. But when I read up about where paradise grows, I didn't even know about paradise being a plant. And that was quite fascinating for me. Have you seen some of our gardens? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful gardens, definitely. And what can a person expect to see at the exhibition? Well, um, so the exhibition is featuring artwork from Detroit-based artist collective Complex Movements. And Complex Movements uh, is made up of four people, a lyricist and activist, Invincible, Wesley Taylor, the visual artist, Carlos Garcia, the creative technologist, and music producer Wajid, which I'm coming to find out more and more people know about Wajid, um, especially since he's kind of of the same tradition as Jay Dilla. Uh-huh. So um, at the and they've collaborated with an architect, Aaron Jones. So at the exhibition, you're going to hear some of the music. It's uh, it's going to be playing at all times in the gallery. Nice. Yes. So you can actually. Get your groove on while you're looking at the work. And um, there will be prints made of that explain a science fiction parable that they've created. So it's a it's urban farming happening in a post-apocalyptic world. And uh, they call those worlds um, or the project itself. Beware the dandelions. It's a work in progress. So what we're getting is the behind the scenes, like all the explanation for um, characters um, or who the characters are based upon, like different social justice leaders. Um, they are really investigating complex science and social justice, the, the relationship between the two. So we get to actually see what that means. Uh, very specific examples within science and what uh, those characteristics of that um, specific element, um, how that can help maybe change or shift how we deal with social justice within our community. So, for instance, you have the starlings. Uh, instead of flying in a V, <laughs> they fly kind of scattered and chaotic, um, in, in, I guess, 
in our human eye, but actually they all get to their um, point of destination. So it's a just decentralized way of movement. So that's just like one basic example um, that they will be showing. And then also uh, within their science fiction parable, there are these uh, pods. They're sentient beings. And they regulate the air and the water in this post-apocalyptic Ingrid, world. What's a sentient, sentient, sentient being? Sentient being. <laughs> that means you it's must a, know. I speak Zulu. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> if I, if, and in my mind, I, I then have to translate from very quickly from, from English to Zulu. So I don't have the translation. Okay. So sentient being means that it would be normally an object that's alive, that has human qualities to it. It thinks on its own. It feels. So this pod that's like that would, we would normally just see as this basic structure actually um, makes decisions on its own. So what they're trying um, – what they're working towards, I should say, mm-hmm. is creating gaming technology so that when we walk into a pod that they've constructed, we walk into that post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. world, and then the audience gets to decide what happens within that world. Oh, wow. Yes. and But so for the exhibition, we get a tiny, tiny pod, and we get to stand underneath it and see this really beautiful video projection. Oh, nice. <laughs> but... Um, but we so we're getting like just a taste of all the things that they that they're working on. The pod that we we have is only two people can stand underneath. The pod, the original pod, is thirty people can stand inside of it. Oh wow! So it's very large. Oh wow! And uh, hence the reason why we haven't brought it to Johannesburg. <laughs> um, but hopefully one day the whole crew can come and and their work. Yeah, mm. that sounds absolutely fascinating. And, and speaking of fascinating, just um, you're currently staying in Maboneng. Yes. So, and earlier you were talking about urban regeneration and right. rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. So Maboneng is one of the, the areas that are kind of Joburg's rebirthing of itself. Mm-hmm. What has your experience been like staying there in the hotel? Yes. Uh, well, you know, I really love the neighborhood. Um I love the restaurants. I like uh, the energy. People are really working uh, in that area, uh, very innovative and creative. It's nice in that way, but it's kind of surreal because it feels very disconnected from CBD. Uh, it doesn't feel like it, there's an organic flow at all. You you definitely can notice when you re- when you've reached that neighborhood, but all the same. I find it um, fascinating and a good model for Detroit to look at um, its weak points and its strong points, simply because uh, development in Detroit is very um, – we do focus on neighborhoods, but the businesses, it's very individual, whereas Ma Boning developed a whole neighborhood. <laughs> so it's not just, oh, there's a restaurant here <laughs> yeah. and there's a gallery over there. It's like, no, there's five galleries over here and there's – 10 restaurants over there and there's a hotel and there's a, you know, a theater. Yeah. And there's performance art space. It's just like, it goes on and on and on. And so it feels very complete. One of the things that we're missing in Detroit is walkability. So we don't have necessarily the ability to step out of your apartment and on get a get a drink or go to a restaurant. It's just now coming about. It's slowly developing, but even still, 
a neighborhood like Indian Village where there's beautiful 100-year-old mansions. We didn't have a, a restaurant there for a very long time, and now we have two restaurants, a bakery, and a tea shop, but that's still, compared to Maboning, way behind the curve. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We, we were just talking so on our way here about how big Johannesburg is. One of the things that, that I noticed about you is from Detroit, living in the city, which a lot of us, Joe Burgers, South Africans, kind of go, oh my goodness, we, like it freaks us out. It freaks our minds out, the idea, because we, we find Joburg Central such a different place, such a difficult place, and we feel like you need a car to get anywhere to, and you don't have a car. No. So wh- what is your experience of, and we're always complaining about public transport, you can't get anywhere, you can't do any of this. So how do you get around? Taxis, and they're taking all my money. <laughs> <laughs> all of it, all of it, yes, yes. But I understand it completely. It's the same thing with Detroit uh, because so many people have moved out of the city. <laughs> when they're coming into the city, they're they're very cautious. They they're going to very specific places at a certain time. And I give tours of Detroit, and they're always asking, "Is it safe to get off the bus here?" You know, Detroit is very fascinating in that you have these really posh areas next to decay and vacant land, and so it's uh, a utopia and dystopia at the exact same time. So I'm used to living in these kind of complex spaces. So it feels like home to me, Johannesburg, and a lot of, especially the CBD. I, I get it and I understand it. it. It's it's easy for me to to relate to. So as a black girl, to be a globe trotter, where does that come from? Well, my mother studied foreign languages, so uh, technically my first time abroad was in Montreal. But you know, Detroit is right next to Canada. We can see Canada from our shores. So we don't ever count Canada as going abroad. You can so, see Canada properly see or, or like yeah. Sarah Palin can see Russia. See, no, no, <laughs> not like that. No, but yeah, our river, we share the same river. So ah. you can literally see uh, Canada. But uh, I spent three weeks in Tokyo with my mother and I think I just got the travel bug then and I was about 11 years old at that time. And I haven't stopped. I've been to over 30 countries. Wow. Mm. Which ones? Jesus, all over Europe. I studied in France, so um, I, I traveled all over so Europe. So you don't just have a French name, you speak French. Oh, well, <laughs> my mom is going to get me for this. But I've been studying French for a while, but I never, I hardly ever use it. Only recently have I started using it. But my my mother is Louisiana Creole, so that's where it comes from. Oh, wow. Mm. And what's your favorite destination? Johannesburg. I love you. <laughs> right answer. Right answer. Have you traveled in Africa much? Yes, I've spent five months in Nairobi. And I traveled throughout uh, Kenya while I was there. And my the first country I've ever been to um, in Africa was Cote d'Ivoire. Oh. And I spent a month there traveling throughout the country. And I fell in love. Yeah. Tell me about you. So this is not your first time in, Johann- it's in no. South Africa? no. It's your third third time. Yeah. And tell me about your first trip out here. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, the first time I arrived in Johannesburg, I didn't know anyone. And my, my best friend, who's usually here, wasn't here. So it was um, uh, jarring, I guess is a good word. Uh, 
we're not used to walls and electric fencing. So that right there threw me off. But once I got past that, I really enjoyed Johannesburg. <laughs> and then from Johannesburg, I drew, I drove to Kruger Park and I went to Swaziland and Durban and Wild Coast and Cape Town. And I absolutely love South Africa. The landscape is dramatic and the various learning about various different cultures and the history. It's just fascinating. It doesn't stop. Yeah. And favorite part? So you really love Johannesburg and you traveled around a little bit. What are the differences from from an outsider's perspective of other places to Joburg? Because I love Joburg, but I'm a Joburg, I see. <laughs> so I'm very biased. <laughs> well, I really enjoy the strong art scene here. It's really, um, I really, yeah. And I've, I've heard that actually South Africa spends more money on culture than France. And you can kind of, you can tell. Uh, that's probably my favorite part about Johannesburg. And I always say that Johannesburg is, it reminds me a lot of New York, except it's majority black, which makes it even better. <laughs> in <Allah>. my book. <laughs> but I'm coming from a majority black city, so don't hold that too against me. Um, but I really enjoy black culture of all kinds from the diaspora and in Africa. So that's, yeah, it's it's very much like New York, very sophisticated and uh, diverse in its own way. In its own way. Yeah. In a lot of its own way. <laughs> and, you know, so you were talking about that South Africa spends a lot of money on art and culture. Mm. But I think one of the things is art is so scary for a lot of people. You think you need to know something in order to enjoy it. So if you have never been to an exhibition before... If you're listening to us today, what are what are the you know what are the um, etiquettes that one should think about going to an art exhibition for the first time? Right. Well, one thing for sure is that it's free um, to walk into most um, art galleries and art spaces. Big thing in this economy. Big thing. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people don't really understand. Um, that they have access to these spaces. I, that's one thing. I, we get it in the States all the time. It's a big problem. And then I think always ask questions. If you have a, uh, if you are confused about anything, ask. It's okay. Uh, we in the art industry are used to people being kind of <laughs> lost and confused about the work. Sometimes we are too. So <laughs> you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. And what are the enjoyments? Because I think it's easy with music as as a form of art to, to experience it and know whether you like it or don't or know whether you enjoy it or don't. And I think one of the things maybe that's a barrier with art, with visual art that's not a movie, is how do you know, how do you how does one begin to kind of enjoy this thing? Don't think too much about it. Just look at it and see how it resonates with you. I think sometimes we overthink it and feel like we're, we need to search for a meaning within it when honestly, it's supposed to be a visceral reaction. Just whatever comes to mind when you see it. There is no right or wrong. Many artists will not even want to explain their work. They want you to interpret it the way that you, you know, interpret it according to your experience 
I've always suspected that. Yeah. I've always suspected <laughs> that it's actually a con. There's nothing, they, whatever you think, whatever yes. you put on it, it is. And did you study art? Yes, I studied art history. Um, In France. No, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> um, I went to Spelman College, which is a historically black college in Atlanta, Georgia, United States. I'm very proud of my college. And um, and then after that, I, I studied cultural property issues in sub-Saharan Africa for my graduate studies. So that's why I was more into traditional African work. For many years, but I was living in New York at the time, and I just fell in love with contemporary work and switched over. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, one of the pieces that you have, and and you also were speaking about uh, the musician with the DJ. Um, this is a big thing in South Africa. Lots of young people want to be DJs. The the and as you know, dance culture is a big thing. House music, hip hop music is a big thing here. Um, and I saw your TEDx talk. About your your summer uh, project last year, mm. for young people listening today, what would be your number one piece of advice about wanting to get into a music and b culture uh, art? You know, I don't know much about the music industry. I, from what I know, watching my friends. You just kind of start doing it. I think one of the beauties of technology and how it's developed, you can produce music from anywhere at any point in time and distribute it internationally through um, the web. So that's, you know, and and having your own independent label, a a lot of my friends enjoy more uh, than trying to go through companies. And when it comes to art, geez, that's so tricky. (laughs) I would say go to galleries, go to museums first, understand what's happening now. That's one thing. Understand your art history uh, so you can build and grow from what has already happened and add, of course, your own ideas to that. And make sure that you have the skills so that you can really execute using visual language uh, in, in a really nice high quality form. But uh, really understanding the art network and knowing as many people uh, really helps so that the movement, you know, once you get to know people, it just it happens naturally, organically. And how did you get started in the industry? Uh, well, the long story is my <laughs> <laughs> well, my parents were art collectors, so I grew up um, with art. And my father, it's really my father's Big, big passion. My mom was the foreign language travel. My father's the visual art side of things. And uh, every weekend we would just go to a museum or a gallery. So when it was time for me to choose a major for college, art history just seemed natural. I have absolutely no art skills. So (laughs) I I had to go on the professional side. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. How much, you know, because... In my mind, I think if you're going to like do this, you must have some kind of art art ability. No. Yeah. yeah, no, I have no art ability, but my creativity comes through cooking really good food, and I love to wear really fun clothes. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and um, favorite dish? 
Oh, it's called gumbo. Uh, it kind I've of, heard about this. Yeah. <laughs> I make it from scratch. It's a uh, Louisiana Creole uh, dish, and it's basically a big stew. Yeah. With uh, I use seafood and smoked sausage is in it, and you put it over rice, and it's nice and thick. It's perfect, actually, for cold days like this one. It's nice and heavy. Oh, mm. and <laughs> on cold days like this one. I mean, for for us, we, you may have just overheard with some of the people you've interacted against. This is uncharacteristically cold. It's the kind of if I could, I would have not gone anywhere. Not yesterday, not today. It's it's just it's it's not the thing for us. But <laughs> what? And 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 when I when I thought about it that this is perfect, you know, going out to an exhibition is the perfect thing to do on a cold day, especially if you've got because I've got a little son, especially if you've got little kids because you're indoors, but you still get to have lots of different experiences. So like museums and and art exhibitions is a good place to go. Mm. But what do you, what do, what do you do on cold days like this? <laughs> What do I do? Well, you know, Detroit had a really bad winter. This <laughs> it lasted for a very long time, and we had snow past our knees. It was, what? It was horrible. I've never seen that much yeah. snow. So what you do is you make sure you have um, lots and lots of bottles of wine, and <laughs> you uh, and really good movies and uh, a really good internet connection. I don't leave. <laughs> I just don't leave. <laughs> That is, yeah, that's, that's all I really idea. need. That is a good idea. <laughs> We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, I just want to talk about merging your two great arts because you love, you love food and cooking and arts. So let's talk a little bit about that when we get back.
have my baby chica. Uh, we're, we're still working on the we're working on the house. Apparently, we're working on the 1960 who jazz version, right? It's okay. We'll listen to a little bit of jazz when we leave. It's 12.44. You're on Womanda with Pume Masheho. I'm talking to Ingrid Lafleur, who is the curator of the show Where Paradise Grows. That's showing at Goethe on Main, she's just told me. So you get a chance to go to Maboning and check it out if you haven't been there to check it out. Call us. You can call us straight through to the studio on 0861-555-189. You can Twitter us. You can Instagram us. You can Facebook us. You can what? You can WeChat us. We're all, all there on cliffcentral.com. Or you can catch me on my Twitter handle, Pumi Masheho one or on my Facebook, Pumi Masheho. Talk to me. What do you think? What do you, what is your love for art been influenced by? So Ingrid is influenced by mom, dad, and loves cooking. And you know, I watch cooking shows all the time. And every time I watch cooking shows, I think, first of all, I can never do that. <laughs> I can never make that happen. But I also think how much food has become a form of art mm. of late. Have you ever thought of Mixing the two, having an, a, a food exhibition. Yes, you know, actually in the States, I don't know if it's happening here, but um, food art is a big, big thing now. And so you can either go to a, maybe a museum will have a special exhibition where, I don't know, like there's honey dripping on a big thing of ham or or all kinds of or dress made out of the casing of sausage or you know it's just artists are having fun with food and um there's also special dinners where lobster tails would come in a bird cage and and there's performance happening and things of that sort. So the merging of the two is happening and I would love to have it a, a food art event. I think that it's a great, it's a good combination, right? People love to eat, and then you get I to do. experience arts, right? <laughs> God knows I, I totally do. totally do. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely don't look like you do. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen my tummy, yeah? <laughs> and South African food. Have you, you've been here three times. What it, what's your favorite at the moment? <laughs> what have you experienced? Well, I've had the sausage, I'm not, the... Buravos. Yes. I can't even pronounce that. <laughs> um, and I, I enjoy that. And the braai, lots of braai. I love it. It's good. It's very good. And So your exhibition, how long will it be running for? It's from July 10th to August 4th. And will you be there every day? I will be there definitely on Sundays because there's a market that happens uh, in Maboning every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so I will be right right there in the midst of the market. Um, but yes, I will be there. We're open Tuesday through Sunday. So yeah, from 10 to 4. And for a person, so this is purely an exhibition for the enjoyment. This is not like the kind of stuff that when you go into an art gallery, you can purchase any of it. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's more educational, but more than just enjoyment, we really want audience participation. Uh, In the, what way? Well, the artists have uh, written questions within the artwork to prompt um, some sort of conversation, maybe just thinking, you know, get people to kind of focus on their own community and, and how certain aspects of whatever they're discussing within the artwork could 
um, manifests within um, their own realm. It's very, we really, we're going to be asking for responses, uh, written responses. So there will be sheets being passed out for people to um, to give give their thoughts on the exhibition, the artwork, um, what's being said. It is, you know, it's a, it's somewhat of a, a thinking exercise for sure because we're talking about social justice. And the artists will be using those responses for a future um, endeavors. Hopefully when they come back to South Africa, they have a deeper sensitivity and understanding of what's happening specifically here in Johannesburg. Well, speaking of social justice and what is happening in Johannesburg, have you ever thought, have you met any South African artists and have you ever thought of taking an exhibition from here back home? Oh, good question. I have known about South African artists for quite a while now. I've been watching the continent in general. Uh, contemporary art has been just getting a lot more visibility outside um, in the U.S. And I've, I have a lot, many, many favorites here uh, in, in South Africa. I would love to show the work. Um, a lot of the artists are already showing in, in the States, but in Detroit specifically, I would love to, to show um, work because I think that it, it will help to change perceptions. Uh, people can learn more about South Africa. Uh, that's what I like about uh, art. It's instead of like a straight lecture on things or <laughs> something super heady, you know, it kind of gives you an understanding of what's going on with you know, with some visuals and it keeps it a little bit lighter, uh, more inviting, more accessible. So you're well-traveled. So you've had the, the experience of meeting lots of different kinds of people and, and probably also read up a little bit more before. We recently had um, the Africa Music MTV Awards here in Durban, and Marlon Wayans was the the host. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know that face. Strange, <laughs> strange, but true. It's strange, but it's true. Marlon was out here, nice. and there, there was a there, there was an, an interesting conversation that was sparked from that because of some of the of the of the comments. I mean, Marlon's a comedian. And he obviously had his own preconceived notions coming out here to South Africa. Mm. And speaking of the similarities of Detroit and Johannesburg in particular, do you find that when you go back home, it is what you have to tell about Joburg is, is kind of an astounding fact for people back home? Yes, unfortunately, we do not have... Uh, our people are n not given enough uh, information about what's happening in South Africa or Johannesburg. Just the very fact that there's buildings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those kind of conversations, I quite honestly tend to be somewhat annoying. That's a real my, thing. Yeah, no, for my friends and I who've traveled, when people ask, oh, are there lions roaming around, you know, and you're just like, you've got to be kidding me. Have you not? <laughs> You know, it's the history thing. Like we, everybody needs to learn everybody's history and understand what's going. And it's contemporary, you know, um, issues and developments and all kinds of things. I think everybody on both sides of the table we we ha need to have a better understanding. But I, you know, Detroit gets a really bad rap. So I understand how to talk about a city and and really 
educate in the conversation and be as patient as possible because you never know what could grow from that. It could spark some some sort of inspiration. I wear uh, these bingles that I got in Cape Town <laughs> too long ago. They're falling apart. But I love them. And when I teach youth, they always ask me where they're from. And I say they're from Cape Town. And do you know where Cape Town is? Do you know where <laughs> South Africa is? And do you know how many countries are in Africa? All these things they're not learning. So within that moment, in this very casual moment, I have this op- really op- wonderful opportunity to, to educate them about their own history. They're, you know, this is important for them. And and what more could we be doing, you know, as as South Africa, as South Africans? Because we, we, as you said, we we have lots of kind of art stuff and cultural outgoings and and bilaterals with lots of different countries. What more could South Africa's art community be doing to bring put more of itself out there in the world? Oh wow, I don't know. I, I feel like there's it may not be as many people, but it's a, a really good group of artists that have high visibility outside of South Africa. So I, I don't I don't know what South Africa could do, but in terms of like at least Detroiters, we need to probably make a bigger effort to learn more about what's going on. I really want Detroit to be a global city, not just a city within the United States. Um, I really, really want it to participate in a global conversation. So I'm more focused on how do we, how do, how do I help facilitate that? And this exhibition is part of that uh, effort. And this exhibition, Where Paradise Grows, I'm showing Detroit artists, uh, hoping to have, you know, just to kind of relate, get people to understand what, what's going on in Detroit, maybe relate it to their own community. But then I have another project that I'm working on where it will be Detroit and South African artists mm-hmm. in one space. Oh, wow. And When so, will that be? Um, that will be during Art Week, August 19th is when Art Week, it's August 19th through August 24th, is during the same time as the F&B Johannesburg Art Fair. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm really excited about mer- like bringing artists together in one space. So it's it's happening, it's moving, and I think those kinds of um, efforts will help back home. They'll start learning about the South African artists that I'm showing in the exhibition, and here people will learn about artists from Detroit and... So we spoke about the perception in Detroit. Have you, I mean, all we know out here is what we see in movies, what we hear in rap or music in general. Have you, have you had some really like, I can't believe you think that about where I'm from kind of conversations here Mm -hmm. in Joburg? No, actually, people are really, really, uh, actually really nice and open about Detroit. It's usually in the United States that I get the worst. (laughs) Oh, man, they attack me because I'm from Detroit. You know, my city's going to die. It needs to just go away. Or it's just filled. It's bombed out. It it goes on and on and on. I don't get that here. Here, it's like, oh, music. And there's some sort of a little bit more excitement or just fascination, um, which is fine. But yeah, in the states, it's it's much much worse. And Detroit is complex. We have a lot of decay, but then we have a lot of beauty because the auto industry uh, was at its height in the 1930s. Just poured a lot of money into the city, so you have 
this amazing architecture all throughout our very large city. And it's still there, and it's still in good condition. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, so you can go from, um, you know, one neighborhood filled with these very large, elegant mansions to right next door, a neighborhood that's in decay with burnt down houses and litter and so on and so forth. So, you know, we, <laughs> we go in and out, and I'm, I'm very understanding that, you know, the decay gets more press than our beauty and our elegance. But one of the, the, the things that I like to focus on, especially when I'm giving tours, is the elegant part. You're going to see the decay no matter what. There's no way to escape it. Uh, everything is interwoven. There, are, there is no just one good side and one bad side or quote-unquote bad side. But it, it just it, it's all together. <laughs> There's no way to avoid it. So I, I want to show constantly how Detroit is still a strong, beautiful city. Uh, she's and just the very fact that we have, we're have on a river, a lot of people don't even know that. We have a beautiful um, views from our river, and yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's and are you fun. on social media? If I'm listening yes. to the show today okay. and, and want to find out more about what you're doing, mm. um, I know you're staying maybe till September, so you're going to be in South Africa for a while, yes. and you're, you're going to be doing more than just this one project. Right. Um, on your website, what's your website? Uh, my website is MaisonLafleur.com. It's M-A-I-S-O-N-L-A-F-L-E-U-R.com. And Instagram, I'm very active on Instagram right now. It's Ingrid Lafleur, my name. And Twitter is the same, my name, Ingrid Lafleur. And you can always look me up on Facebook. Maison Lafleur has its own um, webpage. And Afrotopia has its own webpage. And I'm Ingrid. Ingrid Lafleur, I think, on Facebook. It's yeah. so wonderful to have had you here. Oh. You, it's 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 nice to meet people who are just as excited about Johannesburg as I am. Love my city, and <laughs> even more importantly, you know, just to have had the conversation and the experience that says this city is not is is not dead or dying. It's a very beautiful and alive city, but also that this is not the first time. It's happening all over the world, yeah. and we can share these experiences right. with other urban dwellers, with other city dwellers, and it was really wonderful having you here. I hope your exhibition is awesome. And once again, we, we you can download the podcast tonight. Hey, Ten minutes from now, minutes from now the podcast is going to be up. You can listen to it again um, this evening. You can listen to the show, but you can get us on cliffcentral.com. Listen into the show again. And if you want to see the exhibition, it's called Where Paradise Grows. It's at Goethe on Main, which is in the Maboning precinct. Take the time to go and see it. It's on for a month, starting tomorrow. Yes. Thank you so much, Ingrid, for Thank coming you. on the show. Thank you for having Almost me. Almost one o'clock. Who's coming on next? The doctors are here. The doctors are here. Join us again next week here on Womanda, where girl power is all grown up. Pumi, over and out. Mm-hmm.